Kia fit like and welcome into the Fourth and Forever podcast with me, Stuart Bothwell, and him, Darren Butter. How's it going, Darren? Good. So, what does fit like? We fit like? Oh, fit, fit like, fit like in. It's like, like, it's like it's technically, I suppose, it's what like or how like, you know, like what are you like? How are you? Effectively. Okay. I I would have thought it was inferred by context there. It is. I just. Not from Aberdeen. So. Okay, it's a rather <laughs> rather Doric phrase, uh, I suppose. But um, I'll, I won't descend into fuz your dues or a my pecking or anything like that. That's all right. That sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, probably just famously terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, Was that what you were? Saying? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. I'm, quite, uh, yeah. I'm good. I always buy sheen for Aberdeen, but fan a day, I can fit fit fits fit fit. Did I put an extra fit in there? Don't know. Hey, that I understood that. Doesn't anyway. matter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. The sun's out. It is. It wasn't, and now it is. It certainly was not last night. And we're allowed to do stuff, so, you know. Yeah. Can't really complain. Yeah, to to us being allowed to do stuff here. Just having little happy days there. Um, A bit of a crazy week in the NFL with games being shifted around, practice squad receivers starting at quarterback, Adam Gase still having a job. You know, it's all just crazy stuff at the moment. Yeah, I think it's, as I said last week, or the week before, I don't even know, like, it's all merging into one. But Adam Gase's nonsense is just... Con- continuing. Continuing, yeah. At least but, at least it is a constant in this crazy world of ours. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't think they're that bored about him being the coach this year. I think they've given up on 2020, like yeah. most people have. I, I don't think... I think they don't want to change away because they feel that going to someone else might jeopardise their opportunity at Trevor Lawrence. I do wonder, because it's like Mike McLennan, and he hired Adam Gase and now they've got Joe Douglas who was like the analytics guy behind the Eagles who are doing great without him mm. and um, I guess they don't know what Joe Douglas is because it's not been his hires that are the ones he needs a little bit more time yeah we didn't even hire Mosley or LaBelle they were all like brought mm. in before he even became GM Yeah, which kind of shows you that these Journalists, and it's, I do find it interesting between what makes a front office guru mm-hmm. and what makes a journalist. Because all these journalists were literally saying, don't spend your salary cap before you hire a GM. Mm-hmm. They let McLennan, they went, no, 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 that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, they let McLennan hire Mosley, Bell, um, Resign, was it not Wilkerson, but the guy they ended up trading like a couple of weeks ago, and then hire a new GM. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that doesn't work, because the GM might not like any of those people. That GM might be analytics-driven, so he might not want to be paying a running back $14 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, which Joe Douglas is, by the way. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if someone like James Robinson or something ends up being the like first-team running back for like the Jets next year. Oh, boy. Um, I, I know that getting Lawrence is a big deal, but it's kind of got that Elway vibe to it, where I just don't know if... If he wants to stay. Oh, if it's a thing, if it's going to work, mm. you know. Or like the similar to uh, uh, Kelly and with the Bills in the 80s. You know, Jim Kelly, like, yeah. I don't want to go there. They're not a good organisation. I'd rather do something else. <laughs> I bet Trevor Lawrence wishes he play, play baseball right now because he'd probably have so, many more, so much more leverage. 
Uh, who who really knows what's going to happen for Trevor Lawrence? But I mean, people always look at the teams who are drafting number one overall and say they're terrible. They shouldn't go to a situation like that. But yeah, the only that's one was the, the Colts, eh? like, yeah, where it, they they just didn't have, they didn't even bother. If it's, if it's one bad year or whatever, yeah. But anyway, we haven't even started the sort of things we actually want to talk the about. The NFC, no, not even <laughs> the AFC East again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I mean that that was a, a nice nice sidebar because yeah, Adam Gase's. Um, employment status is still fascinating to me every single week. But coming up in today's discussion, we are going to take a look at the different NFL protocols between different teams relating to COVID. Uh, we're going to ask the questions of the Eagles QB situation and by default their coaching situation. Uh, a very short edition of Tua Watch this week from our man in the fish tank, Neil Shepard. His hand hurts. Oh boy. And uh, what's next for the Detroit Lions? Uh, how the Raiders imploded and how the Chiefs blew up and how those two phrases mean two different things. Um, we're also going to be asking you, that's you, the audience, for your most oh, underrated good. players. <laughs> Not you, Darren. Not you, because I knew you wouldn't have done anything for it. But we're asking the audience, first of all, what their most underrated players in the NFL or who they may be. So please do hit us up with some of your suggestions on the Facebook page as we look to formulate an all-underrated team. And for, by all means, feel free to stick in some overrated players too, if you so desire. Yeah, look, we're not going to judge these suggestions, but as Matt Stafford just said, it's important to win. So It is, it take is. That, take that as you as you will. <laughs> yeah. and it's, we'll, not a, it's not a... It's not a... Mm-hmm. Not getting on at anyone. No, no, but, no one, no one no, in particular. No, no, but we still, but, but we have to win. Yes, and it's important to win. It is important to win, and it just so happens that this is coinciding with uh, our coach being fired. Yes, that's kind yes. of the the subtext that was implied there. I think. So things have been a bit weird uh, <laughs> for some teams this week, uh, and. Um, what one of those teams was my Denver Broncos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's funny in itself. Mm-hmm. But your intro back in, you could have told me you were starting. No, I just thought I'd just jump right back in. Sorry, we, we, it'll <laughs> be stop for like fifteen minutes. It'll be completely uh, unnoticeable in in the edit. <laughs> But we actually very briefly stopped uh, recording there to go and uh, deal with some other stuff that was going on. And then we come back and I just went, just coming in hot down. And it's like, my Broncos are crap. Yeah. The, the hell, COVID. Um, so, I feel as prepared as Kendall Hilton right now. In, indeed. Uh, and who is he, Darren? Um, he was the Wake Forest quarterback for two years. And then he was a wide receiver for a year. And you literally signed him like two weeks ago to be your practice squad Receiver? Crossback receiver? receiver person? Mm-hmm. Yep, and suddenly he's playing quarterback. Yeah, because um, all like I'm sure as everyone is perfectly aware now, the Broncos uh, back at quarterback Jeff, Trisk, Jeff, Trisk, Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID-19, and then it was revealed that all the other quarterbacks were in a room with him without wearing masks during time, so were technically close contacts, and were no longer eligible to play in the game. Um, but... Uh, the NFL, rather than pushing it back, still insisted it had to go ahead. Yes, because they didn't follow the protocol. Mm. But like, now, with Baltimore, <laughs> yeah. it's safe to say that their strength and conditioning coach, I believe it was, did not follow protocols and was flagrantly doing so. Um, so does, should, should this not mean that 
Baltimore should also not have an option here as well? Or I think if you follow the Twitter discourse, everyone's annoyed and think that Baltimore should um, forego their game. But I think it's more the position that Baltimore are in, in the table rather than mm, maybe. the position <clears throat> that the Broncos are in. Yeah. But, I mean, what this did for the for the Saints is it effectively gave them an, an, an easy win. And actually, they made it look a lot harder than it needed yeah. to be because they were given great field position all the time but couldn't really do anything with it. If it weren't for, for, for Kendall Hilton, who, like, and respect to a guy who's never thrown an NFL pass before, should never have been anywhere near throwing an NFL pass, stepping in, he went... Um, we got one completion on nine attempts and two interceptions, which is the first time that anyone has thrown more interceptions than completions since the 1998 San Diego Chargers' Ryan Leaf. But I don't want to ever care about that because it's just full respect to Hilton for giving it a try. Right? I thought the irony of that was that the, one of the touchdowns on the near side was actually a pretty decent throw. It was like his wide receiver cut the other way and left Janoris Jenkins... Mm to catch it but it was actually a pretty accurate throw if the wide receiver had stopped on his route so what you're saying is it would have been an accurate throw if, if the, the receiver, receiver was somewhere there. else <laughs> yeah. but he wasn't that far away it was like it was a pinpoint throw to where he could possibly have been had he run a completely different route <laughs> maybe but what are you asking the guy to do he's only had like eight minutes with the bloody route i train. know like it was incredible so like remember the name kendall hill and you're probably going to hear it in some sort of uh, trivia question in the you need to give him a run at like fourth receiver and just give him some catches and let him show what he actually does, you know? Yeah, you know, try, try and give get the guy him, an actual give some career. Or something. Just, you know, once you're out of it, yeah. it should be like in a week. And he, he was also, he was the first player with zero completions in the first half of a game since... Ryan Tannehill. No. Tim Tebow in 2011. <laughs> Why does it all? It always seems that the Broncos just get these well, sorts of records. I, I think that the Broncos kind of sit on this like that's for a minimum of four attempts. hundred percent or nothing. Yeah, which is literally you're either got the Peyton Manning and the John Elway, or you've got the Brock Osweiler, and you don't seem to have an in between. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't really consider Locke right now an in between. He's too still too early in his development. Yeah. I mean, at one point during this game, in fact, I think it was at halftime, uh, the Broncos had zero passing yards net because there was no completions, no sacks. And because of sacks... We think it's sacks. Yeah. But because of sacks, Taysom Hill uh, had, I believe it was four passing yards net. So that, I believe, is another... Uh, record for ineptitude in NFL, NFL games. The irony um, that Jason <clears throat> Jason Winston is sitting on the sideline of this game. It's an interesting. As a guy who's thrown like a hundred touchdowns. Well, the they, they ended up just needing to run it, and then Latavius Murray kind of took over. Uh, he got two scores on the ground in that one, but like, no, that's not what we're looking at here. But T- Taysom Hill again didn't look great against a, a team that was actually like you know really bringing it to him because the defense knew that they were going to be responsible for for anything there um i do wonder about the nfl it's obviously got a lot to do with tv money because they could have just said hey this game isn't happening the saints have got a winning record and you don't so the saints win this one Hmm. but they obviously want to play the game and oh well the the broncos were asking for at least for it to be pushed back to give them a a fighting chance of being able to compete they they, they were asking for their their 
like your QC coach to be put out there, who's like a former quarterback himself. But they, they believed that a coach that they had had a better chance of actually being a competitive player at quarterback yeah. than the guy that they ended up having to strut out there. Well, and, like, and, that, and ultimately, yeah. it, it will, it'll impact not just this game, but, you know... That's, the NFC. Yeah, well, well like, also the, 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 the players. gifted a win that someone yeah. else might not have got. Yeah, yep. and also, like, on an individual level, you've got players, players like... bonuses. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. It means, means money to people. And then if, if they have, like, one-sixteenth of their season taken away, then, you know, that's, that's a problem statistically for them when they want mm-hmm. to be going out there and proving themselves. The, um, who, knows what, who knows what's going to happen next week as well? So, well, they're talking about how the NFL should have had a couple of quarterbacks in isolation. There's a quarter, couple of quarterbacks that aren't currently signed, in you know just living their best <clears> life on an island. Or something. Mm, mm. They're talking about um, is it Cody Kessler? Yeah. So someone like Cody Kessler, Brock Osweiler, kind of thing could have just been available mm-hmm. if something like this happened and could yeah. have come straight in private playing. Quarterback Island. It sounds like uh, it could really be the next terrible fantasy show. Um, uh, sorry, like, um, what do you call it? Um, so I was good at stuff when I was 23. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't, Brock. <laughs> now deal with it. Uh, fun fact for you, uh, emergency quarterbacks, uh, obviously being in fashion, I had to look them up. Um the like, can you name the player who has the interesting distinction of being the only player in a game to uh, throw for an interception and also make one? Dion. No. Although, although that's uh, that's interesting. You're saying Dion Sanders, but no, it's uh, it actually it seems like the kind of guy that puts his hand up for it. <laughs> it was actually uh, Tony Dungy when he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a 27-10 loss, I think it was against the Houston Oilers. Played pretty much all the fourth quarter. So yeah, Tony Dungy for you there, but yeah, the whole the, the Baltimore thing I don't particularly like it, and the, the the Baltimore game has been pushed back three times, most recently because CBS didn't want to give up uh, on their showing of the lighting of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Plaza, Plaza Plaza Rockefeller Plaza. My thing is that like, can you imagine if you're the thirty fifth to fiftieth player on the Baltimore roster who hasn't got COVID and is just trying to do their job and the practice facility shut and you're getting to Sunday, Monday now, and you still haven't been told if you're traveling to mm. Pittsburgh and <clears throat> you're, it's your career on the line. Mm. You know, like there's new rookies coming in who are playing college games because they seem to be a lot, they, you know, they're getting their games played. So there's always film on all these college boys happening mm. and you're not getting a chance to put your best foot forward yeah. because I mean, they obviously, changing. Yeah. They, they need to just commit to one way or another be, because it's it's, it's unfair and yeah. like this will be the game situation that is going to be pointed to this year. So between so these two games, these guys are going to be the ones you point to and say like, right, what can we learn from this? Because if COVID is going to be affecting games going forward, this is the the, the worst situation that you could expect for both of them. Yeah, it shouldn't. The TV should have nothing to do with it. No. They should just be playing the game on the radio. Like if if it needs to be played at a certain time mm-hmm. to keep everything moving forward, then that's what you do. Like, yep, they've got they've got agreements and things in place, but I'm pretty sure most of these didn't ever have to take into account a global pandemic that yeah. can actually seriously affect lives. It quite, it, honestly, it, it, <clears throat> this is a completely off kilter, but it's like it reminds me of last week during the Betfred Cup in Scotland, <laughs> Alawa 
wanted to play their game at like seven o'clock because of their tier like what tier they're in in Alloa compared to what tier they're in in Edinburgh and Hearts mm-hmm. refused to move the game 45 minutes earlier because they were streaming the game Okay. and they had their fans paying PPV mm-hmm. money to mm-hmm. watch the game so Alloa are like we want to have safety we want our players to be home by 10 mm-hmm. because it's tier 4 here Yeah. and we're in the second division so we don't get the same liberties as the Premier League mm, interesting. Yeah. but Hearts were like no we can't move it because people have already paid the $15 to watch the game at quarter to 8 and it ended up being quite a big issue because mm. like you know the government had to give Alloa's players like a exemption a to, yeah, to yeah. get home you know and travel between bubbles um, and that's that kind of like you know, because it's hearts, they were strong heart arming because mm-hmm. they have PPV and they have fans that are on memberships yeah. and stuff. And it's just not fair. And I think. I mean, you don't have a membership to Alloa TV? No. I don't even have a membership to Dundee TV. <laughs> I think we're all over that right now. Dundee I'm not TV even is. Into that. <laughs> if the worst start to a season in like five years. <laughs> I think Dundee TV is just an empty box with a, a, a couple of boulders in it or something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sorry, please continue. It's like the flood <clears throat> Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's a similar thing where it's like, oh, the TV's <clears throat> more important than the players, or the, the money's more important than the principles. Mm. Like, oh, just play the game when it's meant to be played. If you can't, literally, look, they gave them an extra day, technically an extra day and a half, and it's given Baltimore back their running backs. Mm-hmm. So Gus Edwards and Ingram are now available, which is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's fine. It might have affected my fantasy team as well, had I wanted to play any of those, but that's definitely the last thing anyone's concerned about. I can accept that pushing it that extra day gave them those players back to make it more competitive, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. But pushing it another day for TV and making these players travel later to an area which is not their home, not where where they know what's going on with COVID and stuff, making them leave their families, it's, it's not what you really want, to be honest, and... It's just a bad look, and I think they'll figure it out. Yeah. They should have just pushed this game to week 18. They said that they gave themselves three weeks to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if some of this game just wasn't moved. Mm-hmm. It's probably because the Steelers <clears throat> have already had a game moved. Yeah. The Steelers have been shunted about quite a lot because of this, and not through any fault of their own, because, uh, what was it, uh, in like week three or four, it was the Tennessee Titans had an outbreak, and they had to oh, look at them. push yeah. back. Yeah, and, and now they've been pushed back by this, but... Um, like ultimately, you've just got to be able to, to do this. You have to be flexible in this league right now. Um, and whether that means pushing the Super Bowl back uh, like a couple of weeks to, to accommodate an extra week or two, I that like has if, to happen. If the Steelers <clears throat> have already been moved, I don't know why you just don't say, hey, sorry, Ravens, you're not playing this week. We're going to move the Ravens to play. We're going to move the Steelers to p- play the Browns. We're going to give the Jags a week off. And then you'll play the Jags in Week 18. Why move? Why shunt the Steelers? Like you mm. could have moved it so the Steelers weren't getting this shit. Like it's it's unfair on them. And I'm a Browns. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it is. They've had to move like three games out of everyone. They're the only team that's actually really, other than New England, who's you can say it was their own fault. Mm-hmm. I've had to move games, and they're actually unbeaten. So they have a great chance of like historically doing something. But you know. They're always going to have that asterisk next to their, their name, even if they do that. So, yeah. Um, I can say that in two years' time, I'll be like, oh, it didn't count. It's <laughs> like, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> it didn't count at all. 
I'm sitting in like Melbourne or Tokyo or something. Yeah, yeah. To travel again. It's like, oh, I can't remember 2020. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was the year when there was no defense for like one season. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so you're upset <clears> that the Broncos couldn't move like that? Now, I'm not completely on the Broncos' side, of course, yeah. because you know there are certain levels of responsibility. They they didn't take certain parts of this serious enough. Uh, the wearing the masks thing, like it's just common sense. Yeah, it should be common sense by now. I wonder um, if the Broncos are the um, team that's on the Amazon documentary this year, because how would they know? Uh, well, I think there's still cameras about there, like for the sake of. Like monitoring and stuff. Also, there's the bracelets oh, uh, that they all wear. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of monitoring going in terms of like proximity. Um, but yeah, apparently like they were all in watching film together on their day off or something, and no masks were worn. So don't particularly like that. It is on it is on the quarterbacks, but I don't like the way that the NFL came to that decision because I think it affects more than just them. It penalizes more than just them, and you know something else could have happened. You could make there would be made an example of. Didn't particularly like the way it happened, especially when you see what's happened for some of the other teams. But hey ho, that's it. We'll Look, we'll, we'll learn more you, from it as they go. If this gets you someone like Justin Fields or you know Zach, Zach Gibson, then you end up um, getting a really good quarterback and being good again. Then maybe if we get it through, like yeah, for, from from one from, from one place loss. higher, I'll be like, hey, yeah, cool. Cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, just one uh, brief note that I wanted to put out there, by the way. Um, it's kind of I, I didn't mention it on the the things that we're going to talk about but uh texans wide receiver will fuller and cornerback bradley roby have both announced that they are going to be suspended for peds so that's performance enhancing drugs for anyone out there that doesn't quite know but yeah that's not ideal for a team that was you know they've, they've been struggling Shouldn't early they on they've been thrown up pretty the game well that they just got like three touchdowns from fuller huh? That's not quite how it works, but certainly going forward, it's going to be a problem for the offense. And guess what? The Texans just released Kenny Stills, so they might be right back on the phone. He'll be boomeranging his way back in there. He'll come back for $4 million. Yeah, he's like, oh, just, uh, just bump it up a little bit more. Give me some of that Will Fuller money for at least this season, and we'll, and we'll talk. Um, but yeah, that's really going to affect uh, their chances going forward. Um, speaking of team's chances, what do you reckon the the Eagles' chances are of winning that NFC star now. <laughs> I honestly think Washington are going to win that division like really easily now. Yeah? I think with Gibson and Smith, they've found something, and the other two teams don't have it. Yeah, I think you could be right there. Um, they've they've got no, a they've better core. Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, that, <laughs> the Washington um, defense is good. The offense was ticking this week, and Antonio Gibson, I think, is actually managed. really good. It was indeed. Um I wouldn't count out the Giants just yet, though, because they're getting something out of Wayne Gallman and uh, Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones did have a bit of a, a nasty hamstring issue, which uh, could actually be quite serious and keep him out for a number of weeks. Um, so mm-hmm. you might see some Colt McCoy. Fast. Yeah. Someone that fast, you don't want to rush that hamstring back. Not if the season doesn't matter. Mm, yeah. If he's your if he's your franchise and you know you know it, that's what you want to be building around. You but like someone that tall running at like twenty four k an mm-hmm. hour, that's your hamstring. Twenty four miles an hour, isn't it? Or well, twenty four k is like actually no, no, it must be twenty four k. Twenty four miles an hour. Twenty four is like Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you see him? He was running <laughs> so fast he couldn't stand up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but 
to run that fast at that height, those hamstrings are getting some weight behind them. So yeah. Um, anyway, we can see why he's getting why an injury like that would yeah. be an issue. Anyway, let's get, let's get back on the focus point here, and that is Eagles um, suck. Yeah, Doug, Doug Peterson's reaction to being asked about um, maybe benching Carson Wentz, he basically said that if he were to do that. Uh, he, what, what sort of message would he be sending to his team? He would but say he that would be win. the, and that, but he, he perceived it completely differently, saying that oh that says that sends a message that we're giving up. So first of all, are you giving up if you're moving on from a quarterback who's just not playing well? And also, how bad must it feel to be Jalen Hurts and be told that oh well if we're going to you we must be giving up on the season? So I'm gonna put it this way. Several couple of names. Patrick Mahomes. That's a, that's a good name. Baker Mayfield. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, he's won eight games this year. Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Myler Curry. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know what these people are? They are winners in the Heisman conversation. Mm-hmm. They are Texas Tech and Oklahoma air raid quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Hurts is a national champion and a Heisman winner mm-hmm. with like two different teams that play completely different football. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you could ever consider Hurts as anything other than a winner, and whatever Wentz is doing right now is not it. So yeah, they if they I feel like the Eagles drafted Hurts so other teams couldn't get him because what are they doing? Because the Steelers wanted Hurts. Steelers mm-hmm. were really clear that they were going to take Hurts like three picks later. Mm. Eagles take him in the second round with a quarterback they've just paid. Like, you mm-hmm. look at Steelers saying that they've got a quarterback coming off a of Tommy John surgery who's like mm. 38 and doesn't actually want to play anymore and keeps saying he doesn't want to play. Steelers are like, we want Hurts. Maybe they under the radar realized that Carson Wentz, despite the fact that he threw something like, what was it, 26 touchdowns and six interceptions last season, still wasn't very good. Like, <laughs> they still saw problems there. But yeah, like, Hurts is, we don't know what Hurts is, but he's definitely in that mobile air raid kind of conversation that Kyler <clears throat> and, um, like, ba- Baker and. Patrick have been in for the last few years, and mm-hmm. it's like, why wouldn't you just give him a shot? Like you can say to Wentz, like, "Hey, it's just not working. We might get a new offensive coordinator." Yeah, we're gonna like give Hurts a go next season. You'll probably be back in with a new OC. Like we just want to make sure you're healthy. Yeah, say whatever you need to say, but just try something different. Now it's just not working, and he just doesn't seem to have control of his like front or his like backs, like. Which is the whole fucking team, obviously. But, <laughs> but like his running back, like Boston Scott literally today ran like the wrong screen like three times. Mm. It left him open to getting a clear sack because obviously the whole point is that Boston Scott's meant to nudge his nudge the rusher mm. and push off to the screen. But if he's going right and Unless he left, wasn't, unless it was just poor play calling. No, it definitely looked like a bust, mm. or, or coaching busted him. play. But that that comes down to coaching as well. But it also comes down to the the quarterback's field. Do you think Rodgers would let that happen? No. <laughs> Rodgers would give that guy a death stare and tell him, like, look, if you ever want to play football in this town again, yeah. better buck up your ideas. Do you imagine if Rodgers like, if you ever want to play in Green Bay <clears throat> again in the rain and the wind and the snow, then you better listen to me. And some guy's like, 
I might get a job in like LA if I, <laughs> if I just sit here and piss off Aaron Rodgers. I might get traded somewhere warm. <laughs> or Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> the Green Bay of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I How, like, okay, I'm going to put it, put it this way right now, though, because something surely needs to change, and it should just be a matter of when at this rate. Because Carson Wentz didn't look great earlier today, but they didn't fall that far behind against the Seahawks. Um, for, for those who haven't seen yet but are interested in knowing the score, uh, Seahawks ended up out in top 23-17, right? But I have this feeling that if, um, if the Eagles go down enough points early on enough, then you're going to see Jalen Hurts. Like, he surely has to go out there. And that could happen <laughs> in the next three weeks because they have the Packers next week. Then they have the Saints Drew Brees potentially back by then as well. Then they have the Cardinals. And they finish off with Cowboys and Washington. You got you got you got to at least be considering it now. And someone's got I to be telling like Doug, Doug Pearson of... he's got to listen to the fans right now because they're getting like they don't want to fall away from Wentz, but he's just not it anymore. I have never been more stressed than I was watching the all or nothing on the Eagles last year. <laughs> When you know it's coming, you know the injuries are coming, you know the concussions coming in the playoffs, and you know... I used to listen to these like, Philadelphia Eagle like, radio announcers and fans talking about all their aspirations and stuff. It's just, it's just stressful, because it's just not... It's like, oh man, we're going to win the Super Bowl this season, everyone that, loves us. It's not how that team's built, but like, if you look at it, like on paper to them, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Arcega Whiteside... Um, Aglor, I forgot he was in that team. Aglor, that was meant to be a really good wide receiver core, and they ended up being like Greg Ward, Arcega yeah, Whiteside on one leg. Um, and it was just it was now so you've got stressful. Dallas Goddard and Richard Rogers, effectively. Also, sorry, sorry, Travis Fulham's are uh, also showing. Fulham, Fulham, Yeah, he's all there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Travis. Um, yeah, um, I'm. I just, I'm out on the Eagles. I'm all, I'm on the Alex Smith bang above. I'm waiting for the Washington football team to knock off like mm. the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. I'm like I'm I'm committed to that now. I'm just mm. I don't know what they could do. I literally feel that Doug Peterson's just hanging on by his Super Bowl ring. You know, he's just over the side on the rock, and his fingers caught in between two rocks, and he's going <laughs> to fall to his doom. He has to take off the precious, effectively. Yeah. Yep, it's the ring of power. Yeah, I just and it is a, it is a curse. And I know that Howie Roseman's it. meant to be this amazing GM, and they have drafted okay. But what, like, when you look at the field and what they're doing, like, are you happy? It's no, nah, it's not working there. And like, they should have the talent. Obviously, like the injuries have been terrible. What's that as well? Like, how, do they need to review their like their field they train on, or they they have to change something up? Because uh, like, if we're gonna keep in the NFCs for a second, I honestly thought that that field that. Cowboys were playing on on Thursday. That turf looked horrible. It looked mm. like something from the nineties. And then they had like what three offensive linemen go down in the first like five minutes of mm. that game. And I'm like, why? These teams make millions of dollars, like millions of dollars a week. They have plenty of money to run their f- facilities. Why are they playing on turf? It was like, uh, what was it? Was it last year where AJ Green picked up his injury to his, his toe or whatever? And you yeah, find out was, what they were practicing on. It was, on, on. It was a it car was park, the, effectively. Yeah, the Hall of Fame field. Yeah, which is like stones all over the place and stuff. Like I've, I've played like Sunday League on better surfaces than that. Yeah, mm. I, 
I think it makes a difference. Like, there's loads of things that need to be reviewed when you're running a <clears> franchise. And if a team, and it's very similar to like the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA, if a team's getting loads of injuries, you need to review why that's happening. Yeah. Anyway, two questions. Yes. One, will the Eagles make a change? And two, when do you think that they should make a change? Um, if they were clever, I wouldn't make a change. And I would just give the season up, mm-hmm. try and get as much draft capital as I can, and I'd play Jalen Hurts in the last game of the season. Okay. That sounds uh, quite a Mahomesian strategy. Yeah. Uh, that's how the Chiefs handled that with Alex Except Smith. They had Alex Smith and they made yeah. the playoffs, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They won their division and they didn't have to play the last game. Yeah, so that's maybe not quite And then so they won that game by <clears> like 17 points because Mahomes is a fucking god. But they're, they're still only, uh, <laughs> I believe, is that half a game back in the NFC East yeah, three seven one about this being the like misnomer of this division is like you're still in it but you should be <clears throat> planning for the future because you're not good enough mm-hmm. but you're still in it yeah and you've got ownership being like oh we so need that, that that home playoff game make us like some money because we might be able to have fans then and stuff like you know it's gonna be weird the the winner of this division goes to the playoffs right that that's a thing regardless playing, of how terrible they've the been the Rams or the Seahawks mm-hmm. How much you bet they win a game? Oh, that's what I'm saying. I think that Washington yeah. will beat like the Seahawks or, mm. or the Cardinals or whoever they end up playing. That would be crazy. Anyway, we should move on. And uh, oh, it's time for two of watch, Darren. Okay. And it's a very short one this week because um, didn't play. Yeah, two didn't play. It was a game time decision. Totally messed up your fantasy league, I believe. Yeah, I'm not getting to it. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I am writing your report for that in ALFF this week. So. Um, and I've already written it. I've already submitted it to Jim because I'm not waiting for Clay another game to, to happen. Score like 18 points. Uh, yeah. He might though. He's done before. Yeah, but the thing is, every time he scores, uh, then uh, the, your opposing kicker will likely get one more point mm. because he's got Chris Ball as well. Oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, two a watch from yesterday, as reported by uh, our man in the fish tank, Neil Shepard. Uh, not much to report, he says. Uh, he made some good moves with a Gatorade bottle and appeared to crack a good joke at some point. Certainly the guy next to him enjoyed it. And that's it for this week on Tour Watch. Please join us again next week. Uh, thank you very much to our sideline reporter, Neil Shepard. Uh, he'll be back again next week, we would hope. Uh, hopefully with a little bit more to say because uh, we need to see more Tua to get an idea about what he is. Yes, we can get Aaron Andrews and we get Neil I know which one I would rather have. Let's leave it at that. Uh, Also, the Detroit Lions have moved on from Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, finally, I think. Um, It's an organization that, with their previous head coach, Jim Caldwell, they were moving in the right direction, sort of, but then they kind of stood still for a little while at 9-7. and And then they decided to make a change Go for Matt Patricia, young up-and-coming defensive coordinator with the Patriots, and it just didn't work. It's it's not been progression. It's not even been standing still. It's definitely been regression, sadly for them. Yeah, the um, the Lions are done now, and they have not, they have not improved. Like Caldwell had a pretty decent winning record. He won ten more games than he lost. Mm-hmm. So he did I have Calvin he, Johnson, to be fair. Some people uh, saying that you know, like he wasn't the answer, but Matt Patricia definitely wasn't. Um, 
<laughs> Matt, Matt Patricia is the answer to a question that no one in Detroit was asking. Uh, other, unless people were saying, how can we get worse than Jim Caldwell? Because yeah, he's just he's just not not worked. Like there's all this talk initially about him coming in and Eric trying to do Bianchi. the yeah trying to do the Bill Belichick sort of thing, and and it just doesn't work in a, an environment like that. You've got to like really earn it before you do anything like that. And it just didn't work. Um, they moved on from what they were. They they still had a whole bunch of good players. They had moments last season where they looked really good with Matt Stafford. Then he got injured. He comes back. Just not quite the same as what they were hoping for. The defense, who, like, obviously Matt Patricia is supposed to be known for that, just kind of nowhere to be seen. Regressed, terrible. Jeff yeah, has not worked they, out. Can they have Brian Flores as an assistant? So how much, like, you know? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it just, it's not worked out for Matt Patricia. But, like, this is a difficult year for it. If, you, if you're playing devil's advocate, it's like no one's defense is working well this season. But if you're built on it, then you run that risk. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. And you you mentioned a name there, which you believe will be the next D- Detroit Lions head coach. Is that I right? would go Terry enemy. They've got a history of having African American coaches there, and mm-hmm. they it'd be really good for the league. I think it'd for be good for the on. league. And he's a running back. He's an ex running back. And mm-hmm. if, any, if the Detroit Lions need anything, it's some help on offensive line and running back mm-hmm. to like r- play running plays. They're just not giving Stafford enough <clears throat> like rope. <laughs> That's the full third and twelve. Oh, like they gave him enough rope, game. but he was hanging himself with it. That was the problem. <laughs> I. This is a question. If you're like, say Baker doesn't, say the Browns miss out to the Raiders by like one game mm-hmm. or by the tiebreaker. And the Jags are looking for someone as well. And the Lions are right in there with a pick. If you're the Jags and the Browns and maybe a couple other teams, are you looking at Stafford for like a second round pick so the Lions can move on? Because I think the Lions might be at the point now with a new GM and a new, if they a new fi- coach if they where they're like, oh, point. Justin Fields, maybe we'll just start again with like mm. more of a mobile quarterback. And maybe a team like... The Jags, or the Browns, or that might be looking at some like Stafford. Like, this is what we need to win us the playoff game. Well, like Matt Stafford, he's he's historically been putting he's up all sorts I, I of really numbers. I really enjoy watching Stafford. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want him to succeed, but like when it comes to actually winning games, like, for some reason, I don't know if it's the, his fault or someone else. But like you're give, you're giving a lot of money in the fourth quarter. Stafford seems to throw the ball more like he's Rogers, but for the rest of the game, he seems to have this like timidness or. You know, he doesn't throw it the same way. Like in, this, mm. in the, the fourth quarter, he's like slinging it side hand. You know, he's like making these like amazing plays. It's like if you literally told Stafford he was down by ten points the whole game, I think he'd play better. Mm. He just seems to have that mentality where it's like kind of if it's on the line, he can make it happen. Like his brain's quick enough to do it, but if he's given too much time or he's got to manage a game. He's not quite as good. And that's quite ironic when you look at someone like Alex Smith at Washington, where it's like, you ask him to do too much, he can't do it. But if you ask him, if you run the game ahead, if you if you get 10 points up because your running game is on fire, then Alex Smith will keep you there. Mm. And Stafford's just never really been able to do that. No. He still wants to fling it 40 yards. But he's never, he's never had that supporting cast around him. And now for, well, what's our say never. I mean, he has had some good wide receivers out there. But at some point, he just had Calvin Johnson, yeah. which is why he nearly had a 2,000-yard season one season. But um, now he's got that supporting cast at wide receiver. I think it's a good core they've got there. Running back situation, offensive lines, has never quite been there. 
But like, but your, your defense has been that great. Carry on Johnson and Peterson are good running backs. You you you, you want Carry on Johnson to succeed very much. I know, but he's been... AP, AP, AP's a little bit past it, though. But, but they like, can still they do have it. a potential to get into the it's end not zone the worst. and run. But the offensive line just isn't following. You know, it just doesn't work. No. Whatever's going on isn't working. So mm. they've made the right decision. Should they have done it a year ago, probably? But you know, that's not the way the NFL works. So, I want Eric the enemy. I think he'd be great for the Lions. I don't know if it's the job he'd want. I think he was probably open for like the Texans or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Like, I, I, I do think it should be Eric the enemy. Uh, I think that there is a good chance that they might even still go for Rob, Rob Salah from the oh, 49ers. I think that yeah, would also defensive be defensive again. I think yeah. they've got to go the other way. I, I, I think in this league, they should be, be going elsewhere, and Eric, Eric the enemy seems right. Uh, another one under the a little bit under the radar would be uh, Arthur Smith from Tennessee. But would he want that? No, I think he's pretty happy. I think he's happy where he is. You know, his billion dollars. Yeah. Another another interesting candidate that I've been hearing a little bit is uh, Brian Dayball of the Buffalo Bills. So he's Any from, anyone from the Bills is just a really well run organization. Mm, I think right so. I think so. Um, Anyway, we'll keep an eye out. Yeah. So let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders, who were the darlings of last week, having just come up short against mah, the mah, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they just laid a fat stinky egg, six forty three to against the Atlanta Falcons, and Atlanta have now scored forty plus points for the second time in six games under interim head coach Raheem Morris. Under Dan Quinn, they had one in the previous twenty three games. It's no also idea. almost <clears throat> like having Matt Ryan and running backs and wide receivers that can catch the ball means that you can score some points. Yeah, I find that. And I'm pretty sure I called that earlier on uh, this year like when we were talking them up because I said that they could still rebound and be great. And yeah, it's just not quite there, but sometimes it is. And in, in a lot of cases at this point, uh, this was also down to their defense who were, were lights out against Las Vegas. Um Derek Carr turned the ball over four times, I believe. It was three fumbles and uh, and a pick. Um, and I think since he entered the league in 2014, he has, I think, 31 fumbles, which is the most in the NFL by a, a good sizable margin. Um, yeah, like what what even happened in this game? I, I don't even understand it. They just, fumbles. Yeah. They forced four fumbles. Yes, I think they had two fumbles in the first quarter alone yeah. to Derek Carr. And then when, when Atlanta got out ahead 16-3 at halftime, and then it, it just kind of went nothing for Las Vegas, and then touchdown, interception, return for a touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown. It was um, it was ugly, man. Also, absolutely. What, are, what are the Raiders? Are they any good? Or are they terrible? They're or the, are they just they're so all the, volatile? All they are is the team that's going to end up knocking the Browns out of the playoffs because <laughs> they've got the tiebreaker. But now you have the, the the better opportunity now because they have dropped down to six and five at least. Yeah. And you guys now eight and three, three I believe yeah. it is. Um, it'll come down to to who you have to play going forward. And although uh, you, you seem to be uh, keeping it relatively close against the teams that you are beating. Um, but you're still getting there. You're winning these games yeah, rather than I think than we're going to play the NFC East. No, you have uh, Titans next, Ravens afterwards, then Giants, then Jets, and you finish off against the Steelers. So if we win two, the two New York games, we're at 10, which mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Yeah. 
You would have taken that at the start of the season, right? <laughs> yeah. A year ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like like you say, in the AFC, that might not be enough. Um, well, especially with the Titans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're technically the, the Texans can come back now with their schedule. Technically, yeah. Technically, they can win out as now, well. The, the Raiders have the Jets next week, so you know that should be a gimme. Should be. Uh, followed by the Colts, then Chargers... Dolphins Broncos. See, that seems pretty easy to me. Yeah, but they probably get beat. Like, you're <laughs> every, hoping the Dolphins. Will every win that one. single person would have expected them to beat Atlanta this week, though, and they just did but nothing. Good. They are not bad anymore with Raheem Morris there, but sometimes they are. And, it's yeah. oh, oh, the, 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 it's just put it this way: if you're ever like, if you're a betting person, don't bet. Do not bet. But also, if you were, do not do it on. The Falcons or the Raiders because they're so volatile. We have to save to me end up getting like a betting sponsor. And we just said that you um, shouldn't bet. Well, I'm saying do not do bets now. Um, well, I mean, I, I will. I will listen to them. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes bet myself, yeah. but like I, am, I do I'm reasonable I with my watch that I need to support someone for. I, and I'll put like ten dollars on if that. I play lotto sometimes. Oh right? God! Okay. <laughs> I have insurance. That's a form of gambling, according to Ned Flanders. So yes. Um, his wife died so yes uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. in peace Maud Flanders um, where was the life insurance <laughs> um, yeah uh, but um, you know, I mean I, we're going to be sponsored by Carry Financial uh, anytime soon because anyway insurance is not gambling I can't I cannot wait plan. <laughs> I can't wait until they start paying me uh, a fat sum for doing this podcast um, but yeah back to the point um, yeah I think Raiders they they are they just are volatile and they had a good stretch of play. They can still beat any team in the league this year or come very close to beating them, as we saw with the Chiefs. But they can also just stink the house out when they need to. Two Raiders of them. Yeah. Um talking about the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill absolutely destroyed that Buccaneers secondary. Um, but then they came back. Yes. For some for some reason, I mean like I think Hill had something like 160 yards in the first quarter alone, and that just went up and up and up to the tune of 13 catches, 269 yards, and three touchdowns off the top of my head, including a 75-yard bomb, just leaving Carlton Davis in the dust. So I saw an NFL insider said that to not be surprised if what was happening in the first quarter and the first half was Arians, mm-hmm. and what happened in the second half was Brady. Mm. Because the Bucks did come back, and they, they did. did compete, and they've got that. You know the picture of last week of Derek Carr was mm-hmm. really angry. Yeah, the picture of Tom Brady was much scarier. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady looked like he was going to rip someone's head off when they were when they were losing. That. That's because he's, he's an incredibly sore loser, which some people put down to being like, "Oh, he's just a, the ultimate competitor." It's like, yeah, but you know, if you lose, shake the opposing quarterback's hand, you, you dickhead. I'm fairly certain he, he, he would have shook his first loss to Mahomes. Like. Yeah, he, he shook Mahomes' hand, right? It's probably because he has more respect for him than Nick Foles. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I wouldn't shake Take that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway um, yeah. Are you uh, excited by the Chiefs? I just think that they are going to win out and win the whole thing. And I think that's that they, kind of what it is because they haven't, they're doing the COVID stuff right. They're, they score at will. They score when they at want will, to. They do whatever they want. Um, I heard the, one of the. Um, 
Kevin Clark from The Ringer pretty much saying that when Mahomes doesn't score, he feels like it's one of those like plays where the guy misses the open goal on purpose and mm-hmm. football. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like he just doesn't want to score. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not, not like today. He, feels like he can do whatever he wants. And, yeah, um, I am. I'm just blessed, you know. I've had to deal with Brady for, and I'm much nicer about Brady than you are, obviously. But very I've had to so. deal with Brady since I started watching this seven years ago. And you've had to deal with him much longer. Yep. And now I've got Mahomes, and he's a champion, and but he's more like Steph Curry than he is like Kobe. And mm-hmm. it's just it's nice to have At a guy moment, that yeah. a guy that wins, but wins very entertainingly. Until <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is caught cheating, I just have to have respect for the way he plays the game. He's I just know, he's an so small. Like how could he? How would he cheat? Like it's not. He's not going to get bigger or like faster. That's what he is. No, that's know? what Brady did. Though. Like deflating balls and uh, various things. So, uh, sorry, guys. I have to, like, for legal reasons, say allegedly. Uh, but yeah, no. Patrick Mahomes just he just moves so well, and the, the the things that he does with the football, getting it into silly spaces and throwing it ridiculous distances and. It does help that he's surrounded by Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, and, and a half-decent defense this season as well. It's um, it's all coming together. Whereas in Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay, it was not going so well early on in the game, um, as Casey ran up the score 17 to nothing by the end of the first quarter, but they did take their foot off the gas. But the, the, the 14 points in the fourth quarter were kind of, I wouldn't quite say garbage time. Like Brady gave them a shot, but yeah. Hmm. I don't like it. So are the Bucks done or are they still like, well, they're seven and five. said at the end of the game, he was like, oh, this might be the Super Bowl. They could, they could stumble in, but I don't, I don't see them. I don't know who in the NFC is going to get to the Super Bowl. I feel like, Part of me's like, oh, maybe the Rams because they're really well run, but then they lose to the 49ers this week as well. So, the the NFC is a mess, and it's going to be great in the playoffs because there's going to be so much going on if we get there. Mm-hmm. But I think the AFC is pretty set. I don't think the Chiefs are um, losing again. It kind of looks that way. Even though this was close on paper, it well, it didn't look it, really. No. It looks um, like the Ravens are... At the start of the season, so yeah, it was never close. Mahomes now has thirty touchdowns and two interceptions this season, which is the best touchdown to interception ratio in a season in NFL history, with a minimum of two hundred and fifty attempts. Yeah. He's definitely end up at the fifty-five. If he gets to fifty-five again, that's just ridiculous. <sighs> Yeesh. And Ty- Tyreek Hill, man. Honestly, his his speed. Like, he, I don't want to keep coming back to it when we have to, but. He's just so fast. Um, you you can't defend him if you go over, go over the top with him. It's mm. just you, you have to cover for that. I said, just just oh, it's okay. Helps on the way. It's like no, no, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek Hill's uh, twenty yard score in the third quarter was his fifty fifth touchdown since he entered the league in twenty sixteen. That's pretty good. Fifty five touchdowns. Yeah, well, you think that Mahomes had fifty five last <laughs> year or the year before, and That's... had like forty last year? So yeah, someone's got to catch those. It's crazy. It's just an unbelievable... Like, you think of John Dorsey and how Cleveland moved on from him, but you think what he did. He drafted mm. Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, and Tyreek Hill in, like, two years. And Travis Kelsey. Yeah. 
like and yeah he was he's a bit of a grump and he backs players that have like histories that maybe you don't want to have in your franchise but you can't doubt that he's built that he built this like this the skeleton of this team and it's just it's really impressive it, it very much is and yeah like, like you say they're just they're just going places they always are and there's gonna be so so tough to stop box office yeah um just to finish up um I, I just want to really quickly touch on a couple of the interesting finishes to games this season. Uh, Minnesota, Carolina, uh, Jeremy Chin of the Panthers um, picked up two fumbles on consecutive plays to return for touchdowns, which is, I believe, the, the, see, they're the first time that's ever happened in it's NFL the history. There's one person that did it maybe in the I think the first, the first person to do it for two fumbles in a game mm-hmm. since like the 40s, but mm-hmm. it's the first time on back-to-back plays. Yeah, and um, Chad Beebe, who was uh, being, he was very much in the doghouse from Minnesota, caused, like giving up one of those fumbles, came back on the ensuing drive and got caught the the game winner after a seventy five yard drive uh, from Kirk Cousins. So hats off to to the the, the Chad, and uh, unfortunate again for Joey Sly, who misses yet another um, <laughs> game winning field goal attempt, and it was not even close. It was like thirty five yards right. He almost hit it into the goal behind him. It had just about as good a chance of making it. Yeah, just don't... Um, whoever I pick in fantasy obviously can't win games. No, don't bother doing that. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, I think other than other than that... Oh, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, Zane Gonzalez missed a field goal to tie the game at the very end as well to to give the, the Patriots uh, another win this season. Yeah, that um, play by New- Newton. 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 Yeah. New, that played by Newtown. That's going very well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> from Newton to get the, the penalty and get the first down, really mm-hmm. impressive. Like He's had a hard time, but that was um, that was putting your body on the line to win the game. Yeah. Which they don't want to win because they want a good quarterback. But anyway, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think um, looking at the standings just now, and oh, my God, I just had a quick look at the uh, NFC East, and it's still just so ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, um, you briefly talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their chances of making the playoffs. Looking at the way the NFC is, they should still make it, um, but it, it kind of depends on what's going to happen with, you know, is anyone from the NFC West really going to going to stick their, their neck out in front? Who really knows? Um Minnesota Vikings, if they sort a couple of things out, things could go right for them. But uh, I know with the expanded playoffs this season, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to get there, even if they don't want to at this rate. They can still get in at like eight and eight. Um, and in in the AFC, um, the Dolphins are just one behind the Bills now. Sorry, are still uh, seven and four to eight and three. Uh, Patriots are still trailing both of them. Um, Houston, you said they're making they're making a push, but they're, it's four, four and seven. They're still well. Yeah, over. they've just got to play the Colts twice. Yeah, and um, yeah, the, the the real juggernaut division is the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens, and also the Bengals are there. Poor guys. Um, sorry, something flashed past the window there. Um, and then there's the AFC West, which people thought might be competitive with the Raiders for a while. Somehow the Broncos still have more wins than the Chargers. <laughs> That's not something that you'd expect with everyone saying, oh, Justin Herbert's the best thing since sliced bread. And uh, win games. Baker's yeah. winning games, you know. Just, it is what it is. Yeah, they, they do what they have to do. So um, anything else you'd like to add there, Darren? 
Yeah, I think it's been an interesting week of NFL and the Chiefs going to win it. And I guess... <laughs> oh, well, guys, that's it. Don't bother just, watching the rest of the season. We're just living in their world, so... Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And uh, just to finish off with, again, if anyone has uh, any particularly underrated NFL players that they believe need a little bit more uh, of the accolades and the limelight, uh, just let us know uh, because we would love to talk about them, take a closer look at them and tell you whether you're right or wrong. Yes. No judgment. Except cool. for all the judgment. Yeah, exactly. If you if someone comes out and says Kendall Hilton, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're not you're not getting not getting that one. Stop trying to pander to me. But mad respect to Kendall Hilton. Uh, can I can I get a a, a salute to Kendall Hilton, please? That's to it. His career burning to the ground. Poor poor guy. He still got paid a reasonable amount of money to do that. So he may he should have got at least half a million for that one game, right? Like. Hey, should like quarterback, quarterback rates, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we should hopefully catch you guys next time. Enjoy week 13. Oh my god, wow. All right, bye. bye.